Latino Stories, Historias Latinas, es un podcast que nace del proyecto de narrativas orales de Latinos en Ohio, Oral Narratives of Latinos en Ohio, con entrevistas en español, inglés, and Spanglish. Welcome to Latina Stories. I'm Elena Fowles. My guest today in the studio is la doctora Monica Giusti. Monica Giusti is a professor in the Food Science and Technology Department at The Ohio State University and visiting professor at Universidad Nacional Agraria La Molina, Peru. She has received numerous awards, including the 2020 CFAES Senior Faculty Researcher of the Year at Ohio State University and the 2019 William Cruz Excellence in Teaching Award, IFT, among others. Bienvenida a este episodio, Monica. Muchas gracias. Monica, tell us a little bit about yourself. When did you move to the U.S.? I was born and I grew up in Lima, Peru, and I uh, got my bachelor's there at the Universidad Nacional Agraria, La Molina. Mm -hmm. And then after I finished, I came to the U.S. for graduate school. So that was, ooh, many years ago. <laughs> uh, where did you go to grad school? OSU West, mm -hmm. okay. Oregon State. Okay, yeah. the other OSU. So definitely a big uh, step up going now to the OSU. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, what was your transition like to the U.S.? Um, I'm not going to lie, it was very difficult. Mm -hmm. I am number 11 of 11 brothers and sisters. Mm. I have a very large family and uh, we were very close and we would meet every Sunday for lunch. We were 40 people at lunch, mm -hmm. everyone part of the same family. So coming to the U.S., I felt uh, very isolated. Mm -hmm. And even though I had studied the language for so many years, I couldn't understand mm -hmm. most of the stuff that people would talk to me. Mostly people that were super nice to me, like, how do you like Corvallis? I like it sunny. I didn't understand what they meant, <laughs> right? And I was very confused. Uh, mm -hmm. At the same time, I was so excited mm -hmm. because it was a great opportunity. I always loved uh, studying and learning, mm -hmm. and I was at the university, at a big university in the U.S. I was so scared that I was not going to be um, at the level mm -hmm. of the other students, and it was such a great satisfaction to know that I could I could stand. Mm -hmm. Yes, I could stand tall and do well. Mm. Were you um, one of the few Latina uh, students at that time at um, that university? There or were that program? There mm -hmm. were not many. Mm -hmm. um, my husband, actually, my it was my boyfriend mm -hmm. that came to the U.S. first, mm -hmm. and he was a student at Oregon State, mm -hmm. and then he proposed after his first semester in the U.S., we got married, and then I came following him. Uh -huh. I was lucky because he already had some friends that were uh, Latinos. Mm -hmm. We both are from the same major, mm -hmm. so we were the two Latinos in mm -hmm. our program. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, because there were few uh, Latinos, they had kind of like come together and formed a very nice group and a very nice friendship. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Great. Yeah. Uh, talk to us about your journey into higher education. Did you always want to be a professor, a scientist? Mm -hmm. That is funny because uh, I always liked math and mm -hmm. science. Mm -hmm. So I knew that for sure. But 
I did not want to study math because I did not want to be forced to be a professor. <laughs> so that was my ignorance as a um, young teenager, mm -hmm. right? That I thought that studying math would definitely have to be like the only thing that you can do is to teach, mm -hmm. right? Was was very naive. Mm -hmm. um, and I did not want to be in a, an occupation where I only saw teaching as my uh, profession. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but I always loved the sciences and the numbers. I started actually in civil engineering, mm -hmm. very different uh, um, focus. And then mm -hmm. I uh, switched into food engineering, mm -hmm. and I loved it. Um, but the thing is that I loved the research so much uh, that I just wanted to stay in academia. Mm -hmm. And uh, so now I, I am very happy that I have the freedom to choose to be a professor. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, do you identify more as a professor or as a scientist, or is it a mix of both? Do they all feed, you know, from each other? I mean, you have awards in both areas, so. I love them both. Mm -hmm. um, I am a very curious person, mm -hmm. and I'm a, maybe... Maybe I would consider myself more as a researcher, mm -hmm. but as my students are such inspiration. Mm -hmm. Like uh, we can run out of ideas if we do not interact with others. Mm -hmm. And uh, the students are a constant source of um, energy and uh, new uh, perspectives and new ideas. And they feed my, um, I, I don't know, I, they feed my mind and mm -hmm. they feed my soul. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, Teaching is kind of an extension of that. Mm -hmm. So it's like I want to share with everyone this joy of learning, mm -hmm. the joy of like knowing more things and discovering new things. Mm -hmm. And I find that that works great in teaching. Right. Tell me a little bit about your research. What, uh, what, what kind of things do you look at? Um, there are many ways where, uh, that I use to describe my research. Mm -hmm. When I'm talking to the more, to more uh, scientific community, I talk about the chemistry of polyphenols. Mm -hmm. um, for the food industry, I talk about natural colorants. Mm -hmm. For the common audience, sometimes I just talk about, like, a, I, I, I look at the compounds from fruits and vegetables that make them good for you. Mm -hmm. So if you have heard so many times that you should eat more fruits and vegetables, mm -hmm. we study some of those compounds that make those fruits and vegetables good for you. Mm -hmm. The antioxidant compounds, the anti-inflammatory compounds, and in particular, a class of antioxidants that give color to plants. Mm -hmm. So we can get then the colors from plants and use them to color a variety of foods mm -hmm. and we make the food more attractive at the same time that we make it better for you. Mm -hmm. I see, I see. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that third description because I'm not a scientist. <laughs> so the first uh, description didn't do much for me. <laughs> uh, Monica, you have many accomplishments, including holding five U.S. patents and four foreign patents, over 100 peer-reviewed articles for edited books and 24 book chapters. Has this journey been unique for you as a woman scientist? Have you had to sort of open many doors? Were there doors that were not open and you had to push? Um, tell me about this journey. It is interesting because I, I typically didn't think about that 
I didn't think of myself as the woman in science. Mm-hmm. Um, but from the very beginning, I remember, uh, like now I can think back mm-hmm. and I see that uh, I had to overcome so many things that I didn't really notice at first. Mm-hmm. So even uh, I mentioned I first studied civil engineering mm-hmm. and I remember standing in line to sign up for the program and different people would come to me and tell me, I think that you're in the wrong line. <laughs> the line for education mm-hmm. is the other one. So um, I was not expected to be there. Mm-hmm. I was not, um, yeah, it, it was like I didn't fit. Mm-hmm. But I, at the moment, I was not really thinking about that. I was just thinking I wanted to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, in many places there have been um, challenges. Like uh, I think that sometimes Uh, women need to work a little bit harder to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, we are expected to be the the nice, the smileys, this, the mm-hmm. protective, mm-hmm. right? Um, the people that collaborate. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are not est- expected to stand up for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So it has been a, a difficult learning experience to to learn to stand up and ask for what I want Mm -hmm. or what I need. Mm -hmm. Um, For the innovation side, I didn't think of myself as an innovator either. Mm -hmm. I was just doing my research. I didn't have enough funding to get standards, to purchase the standards. So I came up with a method to produce them myself. <laughs> and then all of I, a sudden, that was an invention. I, I feel like that's, uh, that comes from Latin American roots. Like, <laughs> no tenemos, pues lo inventamos nosotros. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> we're, we're, we're often described as very resourceful Latin Americans. I so. <laughs> completely agree. There is a song in Peru. Mm-hmm. Uh, this uh, song, uh, um, the, the singers that are called No Se Quien y No Se Cuantos. And they had this uh, song that said, Pero tú sabes, amiga, como somos los peruanos. Si nos suena la barriga alguna cosa, inventamos. Mm-hmm, right. <laughs> so when you're hungry, you come up with a way to find how to eat. Yes. And when you are doing research and you don't have the resources, then you figure out how to come up with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was m- my first patent, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that came basically from necessity. Mm-hmm. So if you need to achieve things, and maybe things are not easy for you, uh, you can see that really as an obstacle. It might be an obstacle, Mm -hmm. but you can also see that as an opportunity, as an opportunity to to overcome. And in that process, I became an inventor. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. What was that feeling like to be recognized as an inventor when you realize, oh, I just did this? Definitely very rewarding, Mm -hmm. very exciting. In some ways, it's like, is that really me? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But that's a very uh, good example of um, being a woman in this world, right? Um, I was recently, well, this year I was inducted into the National Academy of Inventors. So they had this big ceremony, Mm. and I was there to receive my, uh, like a special medal, Mm -hmm. right? Mm Um, and it's such a huge majority 
of males, such mm -hmm. a male-dominated uh, world. Mm -hmm. Very, very few females and very little diversity. Mm -hmm. Now, I would say that there is more diversity than women. <laughs> mm -hmm. So more mm -hmm. racial diversity than gender yeah. or sex diversity. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And that was interesting, but again, it's an invitation. It's an invitation to encourage other uh, colleagues or if other females, other Latinos mm -hmm. to claim their place. Mm -hmm. um, that's another thing that is uh, maybe a little bit of a part of our culture. Mm -hmm. We want to contribute, but sometimes we are shy to announce it, announce mm -hmm. it to the world. Mm -hmm. so, it's, so for me, it's kind of an invitation to bring other people. Uh, yeah, and yeah. join. Great, <laughs> great. Uh, so congratulations, like you mentioned, you were indicted into the, as a fellow into the National Academy of, of Inventors. Tell me about this work and this opportunity, and, and you mentioned, right, um, of having now this platform that allows you to invite others, to encourage others, or to, you know, to be an example of what uh, other women or Latinos can accomplish, right? Um, tell me about this. Um, well, it is funny, I have received some uh, really nice awards and recognitions, and uh, I have even been told, now that you got this award, <laughs> you're going to see how doors open for you. You're gonna have so many more opportunities. And I'm like waiting and thinking, when are those opportunities coming? <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, small awards, large awards, I have not really seen like a huge difference mm -hmm. from uh, getting an award mm -hmm. is definitely a huge um, satisfaction mm -hmm. because in particular this award is given to people, uh, to scientists, people in academia mm -hmm. uh, that have research that is translated into innovation but that also has a very practical and beneficial impact mm -hmm. on society. Mm -hmm. So that's huge for me. Mm -hmm. I, I love the research but I want to know that I can contribute mm -hmm. on, for something real. Right. Um, and those uh, awards, maybe it's not like they are making a big difference, but, uh, uh, but little by little, each thing that you accomplish is taking you a little bit uh, farther into um, this idea of success, right? And I don't want to get lost into success being only defined as career. Um, uh, we need to continue, well, I need to continue to keep a balance, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, but definitely, um, little by little, it uh, kind of like establishes you as a recognized mm -hmm. researcher in the field, mm -hmm. right? It gives you um, a place in the scientific world. Mm -hmm. And I think that that as a female, as a Latina female, um, in the U.S. Um, is, is very important to me. I don't take it lightly. Mm -hmm. I like what you say about uh, success is not just those awards or, you know, the uh, sort of the accomplishments, but how it translates into helping real people, like the application of it is it's um, it's palpable, right? You, you're you making a change, a difference for in society, for example. Yes. Um, so I really like that, you know, reflection on success, because a lot of times, and especially in the U.S. society, success is is getting all this, right, uh, 
uh, publicity, uh, recognition, awards, uh, titles uh, that sometimes are not, yeah, <laughs> money too. Um, that, um, and it's not everything, right? It's not everything for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Monica, uh, what are you working on uh, right now? Uh, is there anything you want to share about your current research or what's coming up and in the future? What is it that you are um, working with maybe graduate students or with your students? We always keep busy in the lab. As I was mentioning before, we are looking into natural colors. And uh, it's, uh, it, it is funny because uh, sometimes my particularly talking to my family about my research, right? Well, you take a, something, a plant that is red, and you use it to color red, that, duh, <laughs> <laughs> that seems so obvious. Right. Um, um, it's not that easy, mm-hmm. and it's very challenging for the food industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are very proud because we are working a lot with uh, companies, mm-hmm. uh, large and small, mm-hmm. to transition from the use of synthetics into the use of natural colors. Mm. Um, We believe that that's uh, providing more benefit for the consumers Mm -hmm. because those uh, natural colors, as I was saying before, can also uh, help uh, improve health. Mm -hmm. Um, And we are investigating this whole new class of pigments that are not necessarily extracted from the plant, but are derived from the plant. When you think about red wine, red wine is, well, red, mm-hmm. and it comes, the color comes from the grapes, right? Uh, but through the aging process, uh, those pigments change. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can have, like, maybe for a big celebration, you can get a wine from the year that you got married or the year that you were born, and they are still red. And uh, many juices lose color so fast. Mm. So the stability is because of those new compounds that are formed. Mm. And uh, now we want to, um, we are working on making that process efficient and economic mm-hmm. so that we can make those colors uh, with processes that are very, um, very familiar mm. uh, with compounds that come from nature but that will allow the food industry to incorporate more of those wonderful phytochemicals mm-hmm. into their regular diet. Mm-hmm. Do you, on, on any of this res- research, uh, do you look at the benefits for cancer patients or cancer survivors? So my training is mainly in the food engineering and food chemistry side. Uh, so for those things, I usually look for collaborators mm-hmm. uh, from the medical school or from the nutrition uh, department that um, will bring that other expertise. And we try to collaborate to look at the health benefits mm-hmm. of those uh, compounds that we get from plants. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have done a lot of work on the um, uh, chemoprotective effects of mm-hmm. anthocyanins. So this is how this natural colors Mm -hmm. can actually help protect us from cancer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Focus mainly on the gastrointestinal tract. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we continue to do some of that work. Some of the work that we have done recently has been on the skin. Mm -hmm. And it seems that uh, some of those polyphenols are actually good for the skin, can protect you from the UV rays, and uh, uh, it has a variety of benefits. Um, so that's always very exciting, and there is always more to explore. Right. Uh, Monica, do you ever take your students or do research in Peru? 
Oh, my goodness, I wish. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I teach in Peru mm -hmm. because I am a, a visiting mm -hmm. professor at the university there. Mm -hmm. And I teach every year. Actually, this year we taught the class three times because it was online mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, we couldn't teach it last year. Uh, but I typically go there and I teach to the PhD uh, in the PhD program in food, uh, food engineering or mm -hmm. food science. Um, but I have actually developed a course to take students to Peru, U.S. Ohio State students to Peru. Mm -hmm. I developed one at the um, senior level. And then be because of paperwork, the uh, procedures that were changing, we never got to teach it. Mm -hmm. And now we have the new course that is ready, that is for the freshmen of the uh, college. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were ready to teach it in fall. And of course, it had to be canceled. We moved it to the spring and it was canceled again. <laughs> so we are so looking forward to actually taking some of the students and show them the beauty of yeah, uh, the Latin America. Yeah, 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 that's great. Uh, Mónica, muchas gracias por esta conversación. Un placer. Gracias. A todos, gracias por escucharnos y recuerden seguirnos en Facebook y de compartir este podcast con otros. Hasta la próxima. Sí.